Being a Better Man, episode 68. All right, guys, welcome to Wednesday. Welcome to Storytime with Alf. Storytime is where I tell a true story from my strange and interesting life. The purpose of the story is not just to entertain you, but also to share with you the lesson or lessons I learned from that story. They might even cause you to reevaluate parts of your life and help you get lessons that you never knew were there. With that being said, just sit back, relax, and enjoy the story. I was 12 years old, it was summer, and the year was 1974. We didn't have any cell phones. DVDs had not been invented yet, and things like MP3 players and memory sticks and flash drives, they were all still in the realm of science fiction. But what we did have was tape recorders. Tape recorders were pretty cool in 1974. And me and my friend would turn it on in secret and record the adult conversations without them knowing. And we had one you could play backwards. And it was fun trying to make it say things in English by speaking nonsense into it. We lived near some railroad tracks, which was also pretty fun because you could tape things onto the tracks like coins or beer cans. And then go back and see what they looked like after the train ran over it. This provided hours of fun because there's lots of things that will fit onto a train track. And one day my friend and I got the bright idea to combine these two fun things, trains and tape recorder, into a brand new fun activity. Now my mother never condoned me playing around the train tracks. She thought they were dangerous. I knew that was kind of silly because you can hear the trains coming. They have horns and everything. So, because of my mother's irrational fear of trains, I just never brought it up when we were planning to spend time on the tracks. Now, for some reason, my friend and I decided to execute our new idea in the middle of the night. I don't remember why. I suspected it had something to do with elevating the excitement, but I'm not sure. Our plan was to record a freight train going really fast up close, like really, really close. And when the time was right, we slipped away on our bikes under the cover of darkness. The train tracks crossed the river a couple miles down at the same spot where I found my pet hobo named Norm a couple years earlier. But that's another story. There was a bike trail that ran all along the tracks all the way down to the river. It was dark as pitch out there. We couldn't see any artificial lights at all where we were, and there was no moon because the sky was overcast. We stood there on the tracks for a few minutes, my friend and I, and the tape recorder, of course, and this is when we started having a difference of opinion. My friend carried the tape recorder to the tracks and set it down. I asked him, how he was going to turn it on. We didn't know exactly when the train was coming. See, I thought somebody would need to stay with the tape recorder to operate it. But my friend said he wouldn't turn it on until we heard the train. Then he would run up and lay it down by the tracks and then run back to safety. 
I didn't like that idea. I said, what if, what happens if you trip? You could fall and hit your head on the tracks and not have enough time to get up. Or, I reasoned, your foot could get stuck on something. It's too dangerous to be moving around while the train is coming. We went back and forth for a bit, but we finally agreed that my way was better and ultimately safer. So it was settled, and since it was my idea, I was the one who would operate the tape recorder. We were sitting on one of the tracks discussing this, and we could feel it before we heard it. A vibration. It was a train, but it was still pretty far away. We didn't even know what direction it was coming from or how fast. And not wanting to take any chances, I decided to get in position. Clutching the recorder to my chest, I laid down as close as I could to the rail itself without touching it. I was only about three inches away from it. My finger was on the record button, ready to go. My friend and I were yelling back and forth about the location and direction of the train. Finally, he said it was coming from the south, which was the side my feet were on. Time went very, very slowly while I was laying there, partly, I think, because I was so uncomfortable. But now I could hear it, too, in the distance. It sounded like a fast one. And this is the part where I started having second thoughts. I started wondering about all the things that could go wrong or if we could get into trouble. I had excited anxiety because I knew I was about to experience something I had never experienced before. My friend was excitedly shouting, but I had stopped paying attention to what he was saying. I was too wrapped up in the drama of what was about to happen. When I considered the tons of steel that would be speeding by just inches from my head, I was nervous and scared and excited all at the same time. Now I could feel the vibration of the approaching train easily beneath me, and I could hear its engine getting closer. I double-checked my finger position on the red record button. I had been laying on my back, staring up at the dark overcast sky, but suddenly I could see something else. A faint light from the train's powerful headlight was illuminating the mist above me. My heart started really going fast. I was sweating in spite of the coolness of the night. I lifted my head and looked over my feet. I could see it, maybe only a half mile away now. For just a second, I considered rolling away and scrambling to the safety of the wood line where my friend was, but only for a second. Where I came from, chickening out really wasn't an option, and besides, I would have been too disappointed in myself. I lay my head back down and waited. The vibration was becoming violent beneath me, increasing with the roar of the engine as it approached. Now the night sky above me was lit up like it was daylight. This was it. I lifted my head once more to look at the train. It seemed as though the headlight was trained directly on me now, like I was in a spotlight. I could see the window on the engine. I could even see the engineer. But what I had not counted on was that the engineer could see me now, too. I saw his expression of fear and panic as he realized there was a person laying right next to the track. I saw him reach up to grab the chain, and I saw him pull it, releasing the longest, loudest horn blow 
I'd ever heard. The noise of it seemed to penetrate every part of me. Then all at once, as though I had been swallowed by a hurricane, the train was on me. The light gave way again to blackness, and the sound of the horn was replaced by thousands of tons of steel grinding against steel as the train raced past me. All of this at the same time overloaded my senses. It was more than I expected and more than I could process. My fight-or-flight instinct kicked in, and I sat up quickly to run away. But the rushing train displacing all that air seemed to create a vacuum, and when I sat up it felt as though I was getting sucked in toward the train's wheels, so I quickly laid back down. It was a long train, or at least it seemed like a long train, but eventually the last car went by, and I was left drenched with sweat, trembling, and my heart about to beat right out of my chest. My friend ran up, hooping and hollering, and he helped me up. I was trying to act like it was no big deal, but I was visibly shaken. That's when I remembered the recorder, still clutched tight to my chest. We both looked at it, and lo and behold, the red button had been pushed. I was so relieved, because... I had no recollection of pushing it. I was afraid I had forgotten in all the excitement. We went back down to the bike trail and sat with the recorder between us. We looked at each other and smiled. This was our prize. This was our reward. And we were about to share it together. He pushed the rewind button, paused, and then pushed play. And let me tell you, to a 12-year-old boy... What we heard come out of that tape recorder was pure gold. We had captured the essence of a giant freight train moving fast. It was exactly what we were going for. We were both surprised about halfway through the recording when you could hear a terrified scream above the noise of the train. For a minute I was very confused wondering who that could have been because I didn't remember screaming. But... It must have been me. And that's the end of this story, except for the part where we played it for my mom a couple years later. Her reaction was priceless. But what did I get out of this? Was there even a lesson here? After all, I was doing something that was, okay, it was kind of stupid. It was probably illegal. And if my parents had known about it at the time, I probably would have gotten into big trouble. And the real sobering truth about it that I learned much later is that sometimes there's things sticking out, hanging off the train. One of those things could have hit me and drugged me all the way to Seattle, and I would have been quite dead when I got there. So what's the lesson? Am I advocating misbehaving? Have I become a champion of stupid decisions? No, I have not. Here's what I think. I must have learned a great deal of things about dangerous situations because I never did anything like this ever again. But the real lesson, the one I used through the rest of my life, the one that partially shaped the man I became, is that sometimes, sometimes you have to take risk. Sometimes you're faced with a risky situation and the thing is, that if you don't take that risk, you will forever be plagued 
with the not knowing of what would have happened if you did. I took the risk that night, and I was rewarded with an awesome recording that was around for years, and I was awarded with the experience itself and the story that I'm sharing with you. But it also cemented in my brain the fact that almost every good thing in life comes with a risk. I can't think of anything great that comes easy. I'm not saying you should go put your life in jeopardy, but there are a lot of risks that won't kill you. Take every risk that comes your way. Sure, there are consequences along with the rewards, but the fact remains that there is a risk somewhere between you and every great thing out there. That's it for today, guys. Now go out there, take some risk. Do what it takes to make something great happen in your life. And be a better man today than you were yesterday. Until next time, this is Alf Herigstad signing out.